Welcome to another edition of Who's Better Baseball, the podcast where we answer a simple question on each show. Who's better at baseball? I'm your host, Ryan Ficklestein, manager editor at JustBaseball.com. Today, we're discussing the Texas Rangers who have gone in and swept their way to the ALCS. This is a team that is proving to be one of the best in the game that can absolutely win a title. That's not something that we knew 10 days ago. Okay, If you go back and you look at the regular season, I think it's maybe a little bit unfair to say they limped into the playoffs, but they certainly didn't go into the playoffs on their best note. Right, This was a team that struggled down the stretch a little bit, a team that was in first place in the AL West for a long portion of the season. And final game of the season, they had it in their hands that they win a game, they win the division, they get the first round by. Instead, what happens? They lose. And they lose because they play against the Seattle Mariners, whereas the Houston Astros got a face-off against the Diamondbacks team that already clinched a playoff spot and really didn't need to win that game. So Astros, based on winning the season series, get the bye. They get to avoid the Tampa Bay Rays in the wildcard route, get to avoid the Baltimore Orioles in the ALDS. The Rangers have the hard road in front of them. And... That was significant because there is a lot to be said about that rivalry between the Rangers and the Astros. Again, that's why they weren't in the playoffs because head-to-head, the Rangers lost this season. And you look at that division, the AL West. The Rangers are the last team that actually won the division in a full season since the Astros because the Astros have won that division six years running, not including the 2020 season. So... You look at a Rangers team that has gone from in the early to mid-2010s being the team in the ALS to a team that hasn't been in the playoffs since 2016. They were in the World Series twice in 2010 and 2011. Won two pennants, but they lost both World Series. Made the playoffs three more times since then, but have not been able to put it together. Meanwhile, the Astros have started this dynasty. So... Uh, the, the Rangers are sitting here, and it's hard to look at them going into the playoffs. It's like, oh, yeah, that team's going to be just as good. Sure. You look at what they did the regular season, and it was a dominant team. Okay, Their run differential was over 160 runs. They, they dominated competition all year long. But still, there had to be that level of doubt. You just don't know how a team is going to respond when they get to the playoffs for the first time in a long time. We just saw it play out. As the Orioles faced off against the Rangers. Is it because they haven't played in the playoffs for a while that they went from a 101-win team to a team that couldn't win a game in a playoff series against the Rangers? I don't think that's necessarily the case. I think the Rangers just played great baseball in the, that series. But it still stands to reason that when a team hits October for the first time, we're always trying to see how do they respond to it. What, what's going to be their blueprint? to navigate each series and get themselves in a position to win a championship. And nothing else, we have seen the recipe for this Texas Rangers team. We've seen an ability to beat two great teams. Based on regular season record, their easiest task awaits in the ALCS. Now, we know the type of beast that the Astros are and what they could bring to that series. And they're still a Minnesota Twins team with a great pitching staff that's trying to upset the Astros in their ALDS series. 
But I think we're all staring down the barrel of a collision course between the Astros and the Rangers. Two teams from the same division that have all of that history that they're going to be playing with. When we look at the road for the Texas Rangers, to be able to go on the road and be Warriors that swept the Rays in the wildcard series and then went into Baltimore in an environment that was clearly just rabid. Fans that hadn't gotten a chance to see their team in October in so long with uh, the best team in the American League that season, ready for what they hoped was going to be a long playoff run. And the Rangers went in there in two games and just smacked them in the mouth and were able to control that series, bring it back home, and finally play a home playoff game and give their home crowd a clinching victory. So five games in a row they won. And, you know, you look at the big question for any of these teams, really, in the playoffs, but particularly for a Rangers team. It was how much pitching are they going to have? And that's something that they've been trying to address dating back to that this past offseason where they signed Jacob DeGrom and when they signed Nathan Avaldi and uh, Andrew Heaney. Year before, John Gray. They have been trying to build out that pitching staff. Jacob DeGrom goes down, Tommy John surgery midseason. What do they do at the deadline? They trade for Max Scherzer. Replace a former Mets ace with another former Mets ace and hope that Scherzer's going to be the guy that's going to be able to start a game one of a playoff series for you. Then Scherzer goes down. And suddenly, it's a new underrated arm that has to step into that ace role. And it's Jordan Montgomery, the guy that was an afterthought at the deadline. We all knew he was going to get moved from the Cardinals and knew he was a good enough pitcher to impact the race. Baltimore Orioles should have traded for Jordan Montgomery, honestly, in retrospect. But when Max Scherzer's acquired first, he becomes an afterthought. But then throughout the you know final couple months of the season, he was anything but that for that Rangers rotation. He was as steady as any starter in the game. He pitched to a 279 ERA across 12 starts and 67 and two-third innings pitched. They needed him, and then when the stage got even bigger and they needed a game one starter. Who do they put the ball? Who gets the ball in that spot? Jordan Montgomery. And not only was he big enough for the moment, he thrived. He made an unbelievable diving catch. I mean, you just don't see that. Uh, you know, In a position with runners at the corners, when the game could have got out of hand early, he makes an incredible play on a ball and just was a bulldog. He took that that competitive fire that we saw when he made that diving catch and just carried it on the mound the entire start and goes up and puts up seven scoreless against the Rays and sets the tone for the Rangers that they've been following ever since. Then they go with Nathan Avaldi, And Avaldi had plenty of question marks because he pitched like a Cy Young early in the season. First 18 starts in the first half, 2-8-3 ERA. He was very, very good but had a forearm injury that put him on the IL. And the funny thing is, if not for that forearm injury, maybe the Rangers don't have Jordan Montgomery. The the lack of depth allowed them or forced them to go out and to add two arms. And that's the thing. When your team has a chance, it's great to see a franchise go for it. And the Rangers have been going for it. They have known that there was a competitive window. 
They opened it up when they signed Corey Seager and Marcus Simeon, and they have a farm system that's been able to supplement those two guys with plenty of other talents around the diamond. And they knew that this was a year they could win, that they would have a good enough offense if they could put enough pitching around it. And they have, at every turn, tried to add more and more and more. That led to having both of these guys, Evaldi and Montgomery. But Evaldi was a big, big question mark because he came off the IL. They pitched to an ERA over nine in September. So you didn't have any confidence that he was going to go into the playoffs and shine. I mean, he gave up, I think it was seven runs against the Mariners down the stretch his final start. Not necessarily going to expire a lot of confidence for your team. But this guy is a big game pitcher. That's just what he has been. And... That's what he, he was able to do again this run so far. You know, he did it with the Red Sox in the past, and now game two of the wildcard round against the Rays, goes up, puts up six scoreless to start the game. Now he gave up a run in the seventh, got yanked, but there was already a seven to one lead at that time. The bullpen was able to get the final a couple outs and Rangers advanced. Then Avaldi takes them out for game three of the ALDS against the Orioles. Yet again, it's a 7-1 victory. He pitches seven innings, allows just the one run. Just a great start. So now, here's the Rangers that are sitting with the best World Series odds of any team. And I only say that because, well, I shouldn't say best odds is in the best betting odds. They have the best chance right now as presently constructed to win the World Series because they're the one team that's sitting in the championship round before anybody else. There's still a chance the Astros can get upset. There's still a chance that the Dodgers rally back on the Diamondbacks, which is less likely as they're down in a 2-0 hole. There's still a chance that the Braves or the Phillies can make it out of their NLDS series. The one team that's sitting back, that's relaxing, that's watching it all play out is the Texas Rangers. And you look at how they do it. Again, it's having those two stars they could trust. But really, it's their offense. Their offense is next level. And... Corey Seager is the clear captain of that offense. He is the most feared hitter on the planet right now. Was walked nine times in a three-game series against the Orioles. They just said, we're not going to pitch to him. He's had 25 plate appearances in the playoffs this year. He's walked 11 times. and He's gone 6-for-14 in his other at-bats. So just an unbelievable run. His OPS is like 1.5 in chain. I mean, it's just ridiculous. He's getting on base at a 680-something clip. You look at Seager and then Evan Carter on top of it, and there's two guys that through five games have gotten on base more than they haven't because Evan Carter also has an on-base percentage over 600, has turned himself into a star over the past week and a half. We all saw the flashes. He was really good as a rookie coming in down the stretch, but you don't expect a guy who's got like a month of big league experience to hit October and just thrive. Then again, remember Corey Seager was in that position when he was a rookie with the Dodgers back in 2015. Carter, he was just unbelievable. Okay. He's reached base 10 times in his first three playoff games. And overall is sitting again with that OPS over or the on base percentage over 600 and an OPS over a thousand. Josh Jung, another guy OPS over a thousand. He's tied Seager with six runs scored. He's been great. Alice Garcia leads the team with two home runs. He's great. And that's not to mention guys that haven't even put it together yet. Namely, 
Marcus Simeon hasn't really gotten going. Guess what? They haven't needed him to. Now, they were able to, in this run, face two teams that had some clear questions with their pitching. The Rays just simply because of injuries. The Orioles, we have been wondering all year, do they have enough? Do they have enough? Do they have enough? They didn't add. So whoever they see in the next round is going to throw some starting pitches out there that are way better than what they've seen up to this point. Whether that's Pablo Lopez and Sonny Gray with the Twins, or more likely Justin Verlander, Framber Valdez, and Christian Javier, who just had a great start in the ALDS in their series. But this is the narrative that we've all been waiting for, to see the Rangers and the Astros go head-to-head in the ALCS. I think as much as the Twins are a great story and still can come back and win that series, there would be a little bit of disappointment to not see those two teams square off. Because this is a moment where the Rangers, as a franchise, can really announce themselves. They already have, but to be able to beat the Astros, that's going to be the series that means more to them than any other. That's including the World Series. Although, if you get there, it'd be great to finally win it, right? But the question for me as we look ahead is, how is this pitching staff going to shape up in that championship series? Because we know who's starting Game 1 and Game 2. They were able to set their rotation properly with Montgomery and Evaldi based on you know, having uh, you know, this time off in between series after sweeping and clinching early. But who starts Game 3? Game 1 in the ALDS, it was Andrew Heaney and Dane Dunning. I mean, Heaney started Dunning piggybacked him. And they were able to get 5 and 2 thirds. They allowed 2 runs. Then they got pulled for the bullpen. The, the relievers came in. They shut the door. They got the final 10 outs and secured a 3-2 victory. You know, really was the, the pivotal game in the series that was able to keep momentum on the Rangers' side. And then... You know, they are able to turn the ball back over to Montgomery. So who is going to start that game three and that game four is a, a pivotal uh, question and decision that has to be answered here. Now, the interesting thing is it could be Max Scherzer. Max Scherzer is trying to make his way back from injury and it seems like he's pretty confident he's going to pitch in the next round. Now, is that game three or is that, I don't know, potential game four, game five? Is it later on in the series that he can come back? something that to figure out. If not him, John Gray is working back from a wrist injury. If they got those two guys back to just give him some more length, I don't know if either of them's going to show up and throw six scoreless or something like that, but can they get it uh, you through the lineup two times coming off injury and then you can go to a Heaney or a Dunning or just to your bullpen potentially. Like that's something that will be very important. It's going to depend on where the series is to see who they go to. If they're up 2-0 in the series... Maybe they're able to to start with the Heaney uh, Dunning combination again and just continue to play it out and see if they even need to go to a Scherzer. But I think that's going to be the difference. If they can get Max Scherzer back, um, it, it's going to do wonders for them. I just don't know what he's going to look like coming off the injury, but assuming he's back and back to his regular self, that gives them that third arm. And as much as two arms can get you very far, we saw it last year with the Phillies, right? They were able to do it with three arms. Okay, um, the Padres last year did it. The Astros able to do it last year. You need three. Two is just one short. You can get through these shorter series, but you need that third arm. And I think that's where things stand right here is trying to figure that that part of the puzzle out. But 
what they do have and what we know about the Texas Rangers at this point is they're not your typical Cinderella story. They're not this wild card team that is complete underdog and it's like, how are they actually doing this? No, they've showed us all year that this offense was a championship caliber offense and they've proven it in five games of the playoffs. That has to continue. They got to find a way, even if against the better staff, to put up runs in the ALCS. And then they showed us that there's two pitchers they have that might not be the highest profile names, but guys that can get the job done. So we'll see if that continues in the ALCS. And this is the team that advances to the World Series for the first time in 12 years. And if they do, can they find a different result this time? We'll be tuning in throughout it all. Make sure that you follow. Rate and review wherever you get your podcasts. If you're watching on YouTube, hit that subscribe button and check out all the great written content we have coming your way. Just baseball.com.